0: The thing i love most about this rivalry yeah everybody's wrong until the result comes in Let's go. they always say throw out the records when it comes to this rivalry on that day you have to prove that you're the better team in the state of michigan yeah. Yeah. i don't get why both teams can't be great at the same time it doesn't
1: always have to be one or the other
0: i love you man but you're an idiot a michigan michigan state podcast And here's your hosts, Justin Rose and Michael Spaff.
1: Good Friday, football Friday to you out there listening. This is I Love You, But You're an Idiot, a Michigan, Michigan State podcast. I am one of the hosts, Justin Rose. The other host to my
0: left here, Mr. Michael Spaff. How you feeling, Bud? I'm doing great, man. Another weekend of college football. It's supposed to be gorgeous after here in Southeast Michigan. A little bit of a kind of a you know, gloomy, gray. You know, I, good for it in like late November. Not excited about it in late September type of weather. Dude, this weather makes me
1: so like the world is ending depression is high yeah and i've been busy very very busy this week so that has been no bueno as well so uh combine those things and i already feel like i'm in the mid january doldrums and it's sad
0: i i completely understand it's uh it's again i mean you you shouldn't be that influenced i don't think you know you wake up daily and you're like well the weather's going to determine who i am and how i approach my day but certainly uh well it has an impact yeah without a doubt without a doubt it does and but this weekend, supposed to be gorgeous. Uh, both of our teams are on the road um, in uh, in games that. Uh, well, Michigan is obviously projected to to beat Nebraska, and you're, you were speaking on an Iowa podcast this week, and the the Hawkeye fan, the Hawkeye writers are predicting Michigan State to win the game this weekend.
1: It is a wild, wild thought to think that Michigan State, uh, coming off the heels of Mel Tucker finally officially being fired, two straight losses when they've only amassed what. 13 points or no 16 points and and you know garbage time to think that Michigan State can win that game but you know what let's let's start with let's start with the number 2 team 3 team in mm. the country with Michigan because you know they're going on the road to Nebraska um again for me this game is pretty much just don't stub your own toe yep. like Nebraska is not going to you know we could sit here and break down the Xs and Os but in the reality of the situation is, is I still need to see more from Michigan I need to see them be dominant in all three phases of the game early on, and and don't let don't let the black shirts, don't let the crowd, don't let playing at at in Lincoln deter you from your eventual goal. So where where do you? I mean, a part of me feels because Jim Harbaugh was gone for those first three weeks, like this is almost like week two.
0: Yeah, makes sense. You
1: know what I mean? Do you need to see a big jump with Jim back on the sideline this week?
0: Honestly, it's it's a. It's kind of a hard place to be as a fan because I I don't know that, you know, last week Rutgers surprised Michigan by getting out to the early lead. And even if that were to take place this weekend in Lincoln, uh, there wouldn't be, as we've talked about before, like any level of fear that they're going to lose the game. And so here we are five weeks into the season. And and what do I need to see? It's hard to say because uh, they're not being challenged by these opponents. Now, I will say this, that Nebraska's offense is a little bit different. Than some of the offenses they've faced. Heinrich Harburg, their their quarterback, who's taken over the last two games, uh, is more of a running threat than a passing threat. He's an abysmal passer. Um, he doesn't he doesn't have enough attempts to rank you know in the cat in the categories nationally. But if you did, he would be like dead last among starting quarterbacks in yards per attempt. He'd be like in the nineties in passer rating. He'd be in the hundred and twenties in completion percentage. Like brutal passer. But he's leading the team in rushing, and so. Maybe like the only thing you're really looking for is like, okay, at some point this year, maybe you're going to face a team that runs the football in a similar fashion to these guys. And so how do you defend the read option uh, in the the way that you haven't really seen it yet so far this season? But no, I'm with you. Like, I I just want to see Michigan come out there and we're still waiting. That's where we are as a fans. We're still waiting for Michigan to put that one game together where you go like, holy shit, like these guys are really, really good. We haven't seen it yet in four games. So will we see it this weekend against Nebraska? If you do, the seventeen point spread gets annihilated, um, and they win this one, you know, something like forty-two to ten or something like that. And we just—it's not even about the point spread. Like I just want to see Michigan football play a complete game from the kickoff until the final, the final zero zero.
1: Do you think that they finally cover? I mean, that's where we're at. Like, I mean, we're talking about. I mean, listen, to stop and read option, you basically put 10 in the box and you just make sure you just gap sound. And then as the two corners left on an island, you give them one on one. That's the way to cover that. And especially with a guy who's as abysmal as a passer, as you say, I mean, maybe they pop one over your head for, you know, a 20 yard gain or something like that. But, but again, there's it's it's got to be frustrating for Michigan fans. And I know you put it out there. Uh, you know when we put out tweets and stuff like, are, are you frustrated that like Michigan hasn't been tested? Mm-hmm. And that's that's where I'm at is it's like this. We just we had this conversation over and over again, and until we get to an opponent that actually could push back a little bit against the maize and blue, I, I'm just still, I'm just left wanting so much more.
0: And, and I think I mean you said I think earlier in our our podcast earlier this week about Michigan State that now you're kind of there's a little bit of like going through the motions, and I feel like for Michigan as a fan there is a little bit of going through the motions because every week you're 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 trying to get yourself hyped up like ah it's another college football saturday but i think if we're being honest with ourselves there's probably games on this this schedule i've got the cbs sports in front of me we we're like that's that's notre dame duke that's going to be more intriguing than yeah. michigan nebraska right like you uh, maybe usc colorado more intriguing than your own team and that's a it's just not a fun place to be as a fan where you're, where you're, you know, you're gonna watch, you're gonna pay attention, you're gonna cheer, you're gonna do all those things. That's normal fandom. But in terms of, as we said, like that Washington game a couple weeks ago, like, what's the, your anticipation level going into that Washington game? Even though it turned turned out the way you wanted to, like, you were at a ten, you were hyped for it, and I just can't get hyped for this Michigan Nebraska game. I I can't, and I and maybe there's fans out there who can, but uh, what what are you getting hyped about?
1: Well, you know, here's some things that, that that do intrigue me about Nebraska a little bit. I, Matt Rule, obviously, is his first year. You know, this is a guy who who was in the college game before and had a lot of success. Uh, can he? You know, I know it's not going to happen this week against Michigan, but like, what are we going to see from him? You know, I mean, this is this this may be the last time Michigan and Nebraska play for oh, yeah. a while. You know, so if you're a Michigan fan and you're going to the game, like. I hear it's an unbelievable experience in Lincoln, and it's something that I definitely want to try to get to at some point in my life. Um, So going out there, but gosh, as far as the game goes, I mean, maybe I need to see, maybe this is an opportunity to see a little bit of Donovan Edwards because he was kind of in the news. Sharon Moore talked about him this week saying, like, they got to figure out how to, like, effectively use him better. They're going to keep going to him. So maybe he has a little bit of a breakout game. But... (laughs) I have, I have nothing else to offer you. I re, I mean, and that's the, that's, I think the saddest part about where Michigan football is. And this is, we're complaining about being undefeated, complaining about like having an offense that can then move the football a defense that doesn't let people score on them a lot. Like are, are we fat and
0: sassy? Are we, yeah, are we a little fat and sassy? There's There's definitely a level of spoil that is going on here right now as a Michigan fan. And and enjoy it because I tell you the other side is not great. (laughs) No, we'll we'll get there. But you, you brought up Donovan Edwards. I think when I'm looking at this game as a Michigan, as a Michigan fan is a lot of what I'm looking for are more going to be like individual positions, individual players, the Donovan Edwards thing. Like, can this be the game where he breaks out? Can this be the game where, where we see him as a rusher and a passer and pick up a hundred yards of, of, of all purpose yards, the, the tackle position, they still haven't settled on who they're starting uh, they know who their starting right tackle is, but they, they've been taking Miles Hinson out, moving Carson Barnhart from left to right, and, and inserting Ladarius Henderson at left. So, like, that's still something that's unsettled. Here we are in week five. So, that's something. I, I think the wide receivers, they know who their guys are now. J.J. McCarthy is obviously the unquestioned leader of this team. Blake Corum is Blake Corum. Colston Loveland, their tight end, who's making a lot of nice catches. Defensively, like, they haven't, if they had a lot of contributions from that front seven, like, who is the guy up front? Because at some point they're going to play Penn state and they're going to play. Who is one of the top five quarterbacks in college football right now in Drew Aller. Who is the guy who's going to get to Drew Aller? Who is the Aiden Hutchinson? You know, who is the, uh, the, uh, Brandon Graham? Um, you know, who is the, uh, give me one of your Michigan state, uh, Golston or, uh, who is the guy? A couple- wow. You went really far. I went back really far one. back. I was trying to think of a guy like <laughs> mid D'Antonio era. Who was like your, your best uh, Kenny will, was, had a pretty good run in him, but yeah, the but point who is, is, who is is that say. guy? that's going to be able to get consistent pressure. Cause right now it hasn't been anyone. If you look at their stats, I know stats are not everything, but like two, two sacks is their highest leader after four games. And they don't, you know, quarterback pressures. I think someone has like seven, you know, I mean, Aiden Hutchinson for the lions has like 18 after three games. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, who is that guy? So that's all I'm really left with is almost like looking at individual players and not necessarily the overall team game against Nebraska. It,
1: it, it, it is a test in, they have to be patient in this game. And I mean that in the sense that, to me, it seems like you're running the read option. You have a quarterback that you and I could probably out throw, even though it's not true. But, you know, they could pin their ears back, mm-hmm. and they could just go after, you know, every gap, every single play, and then you might get burned. Like, that that's the one thing they have to keep out for. Um, Nebraska has nothing to lose, so they're going to probably be a little gimmicky. They're going to try some different things. Um, but, but at the end of the day... It, I don't know. I just I can't see a scenario, but at the same time, you know, if Michigan does fall down like they did against Rutgers at home, how do they respond? How do they bounce back? I just it's it's so hard to manufacture some sort of like scenario where Michigan is put in a position of failure this
0: weekend. No, you're you're, you're absolutely right, but uh, but we'll, you know you will see it. It is the only test I can say is that it's on the road. It's their first trip away from the big house that always presents some type of challenge. It is supposed to be really hot there this weekend, 96 degrees at game time. Uh, so add a little bit of an element, especially when you're coming off a week practicing here in Ann Arbor, where it's been, you know, 55, 60 degrees. So maybe that factors into it a little bit. Wow. I, I, I really yeah. grasping at straws. I am grasping at straws. let me ask you this about your team. So I'm going to give you a couple of numbers. Oh, no. You tell me what you do with these numbers. I was told there was no math involved. So total offense. 245 yards per game, 131st nationally out of 133 teams. That's Iowa. That's great. Passing our scoring offense, 21.3 points per game, 107th nationally. That's Iowa. Passing offense, 127 yards per game, 126th ranking nationally. That's Iowa. The even rank if you're doing their passer rating 125th, this is a putrid offense. So put on, take your journalist hat off, take off of the last couple of weeks, put on your fan hat. Are you looking at, are you, are you allowing yourself to get a little bit of hope going like, Hey, this is the week where we could, I mean, Cade McNamara on this mission, this Iowa offense is God awful. We can do this. You know, it, it i I always have faith that Michigan. I mean, I had
1: faith that Michigan State, even though I said last week on the pod that that Maryland was gonna win, and I truly felt like Maryland was gonna win. there's always that ah, maybe they could do it. Maybe they turn it around. uh, I did that against Washington. I will always be somebody, like, if Michigan State wins the game, I'll be surprised, but I won't be like, well, I never saw it coming. Like, I'm never blindsided when Michigan State wins a game, especially in basketball. By the way, we need to start talking about a little bit of basketball <laughs> here because I'm starting to get a, little, uh, get a little crazy. But, no, I mean, yes, can they win the football game? And the one thing that, that shows me that they can win this football game is the stats and the, the, the play against Maryland a week ago. They outgained Maryland. They held onto the ball longer than Maryland. They rushed more than Maryland. They passed not as much as... No, I did. They outpassed Maryland. I mean, their overall yardage was greater than Maryland, and they got mollywopped mm-hmm. because they turned the ball over five times. Five times yeah. So can they go there and try to find a way to hold on to the football longer, maybe chip away, have a better red zone offense than Iowa does, don't settle for three, you're on the road at Kinnick Stadium at night. That's the big yeah, that's yeah. the big thing for you. Will me. you be
0: will you be watching like last week you were with your buddies you're up north you were playing Euchre and the whole thing you had it on the background. And and you and I talked about it and you said like I kind of you had one eye here and there but by the time it was like 21 nothing you were just like drinking and playing Euchre. Yeah. You weren't even paying attention Not even anymore. Not paying attention. Will is this because of the opportunity is this more appointment viewing for you on Saturday night?
1: I think so. Now my scenario will be completely different. I'll be at my at my job, where doing uh, sports news highlights, which is a uh, national anchor uh, job for uh, for a sports channel. So okay. you know, download the app, Sports News Highlights. We, uh, we it's like Sports Center when we were kids. Yeah. A little plug for my yeah, uh, when, my, it my, 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 yeah when, when it was it good. Yeah, when it was and it's good again because you got your boy up there spitting some uh, Stuart Scott isms. Uh, but I'll be watching it a little bit more intently because. Again, you know, five games into the season, it's going to be, you know, what's left here? Like, you know, we it's going to be so interesting, though, when we get to game time. What does that inactive report look like? Yeah, because there's a lot of kids that now have to make decisions. They have played four games, which is the allotted amount before they can redshirt. How many kids are going to sit out the rest of the season for Michigan State? Because the transfer portal is now open.
0: Yeah, so Mel Tucker officially terminated earlier in the week, and now you have this 30-day window if you're a Michigan State player where you can enter the portal without penalty, without having to sit out. Uh, You can immediately start contacting and reaching out to other schools. I read this, and I'm not 100% certain, but I I did see where where schools can contact the players, which I thought was, you know, I I don't love that, right? I don't love the fact that they can – it's one thing if, like, Hey, Justin, I'm interested in like switching jobs, but having you just call me up and be like, hey, I don't think that's a, a great look for the for the instant blame for the whole thing. Let me ask you this. So two, two, uh, two-part question. If you're Harlan Barnett and you're trying to keep this program together and you know that this is a little bit of your audition, how do you treat these next 30 days? And as a fan, how do you treat these next 30 days? Because if if say Um, you know, you're you're really excited about Jordan Hall, the linebacker for for Michigan State. You've kind of put him as a foundational piece. Mm -hmm. If you find out that he puts his name in the transfer portal and he doesn't like he doesn't play this week, you're gonna be like, oh, uh uh-oh. He's so like, do you like how are you gonna view these any of these kids who put their name in the portal? I'm not gonna hold it against them,
1: but you just saying what you just said, it kind of made me realize as adults, do we overanalyze like Think back when you were a student in college. Did anything bad happen at Michigan when you were a student at college? Absolutely. I mean, I remember bad things. We had John L. Smith as head coach. I wasn't looking to transfer colleges. Now, it's a little different because when you play the sport and, like, the way that it is almost, like, you know, bastardized into this, like, you know, sports machine and, like, everyone's going to make the NFL all of a sudden. It, it, you know, we know it's not like that and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it is interesting to think like, I would never have left Michigan State no matter what when I was a student there. Do those kids still feel the same, or do but they you, feel more transactional because yeah. they're athletes? And I but guess you grew up
0: though. There's, a, I think there's a little bit of a difference. There's probably. But so did a lot of these kids. There's true, but there's a lot of kids who didn't didn't become a Spartan until. You know, until they started getting recruited as a sixteen, seventeen, eighteen year old, and even then, they were deciding between a lot of schools. Like they maybe picked Michigan State as a senior. So, like, how far does that loyalty to Michigan State no, last?
1: And that's, I think, that's by a case by case basis. I guess my point to your question about how do you keep this thing together is, you say, "Hey, look, we're going through it. There is the door, but you have to go start over. You have to go try to find a place." Not everybody's going to find a new home. Mm -hmm. If you enter the transfer portal, there's no guarantee that you're going. Now, are we talking about the upper echelon of players? Are we talking about the players as a whole? I mean, that's part of it, too, is understanding that does Michigan State have two, three, five guys that would be immediate starters on other teams? Probably. Do they want to stick it out or do they want to go somewhere else? Where are they in their process? Where are they in their journey? I think it's a case by case basis. And the first thing I want to make sure everybody understands is if kids decide to leave, let them. Don't be mad at them. Don't begrudge them. Don't, you know, oh, they're not Spartans.
0: Like, well, if, if you want, you can still cuss at Mel Tucker for every kid that Well, and that's,
1: and that's where your, your hatred really needs to lie. Um, but this Iowa game, we talk about opportunities. We talk about chances. We talk about legacies. You know, this season is not all the way over yet. There's, there's still plenty of games left. They have eight games to go get on a roll, like get going. You know, it's on the, it's on the coaching staff, which I have very little faith in trying for them to try to figure it out, but they're in a bad spot. I mean, at the end of the day, Michigan state is in a bad spot this year to have any type of, of, of success. A bowl game is available. Stealing one on the road at Iowa against, as you mentioned, a just putrid, putrid offense. Michigan state's offense is not as bad as Iowa's offense. They can move the football. They moved the football decently against Washington in spots, yep. and Washington and Iowa are on two different planets. They're going to be able to move the football. I mean, I still think the safest bet you have in this game is the under. Yeah, I don't think i put any money on Michigan State. Maybe take them with the points because is Iowa even going to score 12? I don't know. I look at this game quite honestly. I think it'll be like,
0: 12 to 6, 36 and a half points is the, I don't know. You look around the rest of college football. There's not, uh, there might not be another game that's in the thirties. This weekend is an oh, over no, under no. 36 and a half. That's remarkable <laughs> in today's, today's college football. You know, it's, it's interesting to me. One more thing on this portal is like, you look at it and you look at if you are, I got asked this, like, should Michigan take a kid from Michigan state? Like, should they go grab a kid across the, across the state and the whole thing. And I, I'm I'm looking at maybe, maybe Jonathan Kim, the kicker. I mean, he's got a 50-yarder this year. He's he's three for four overall. Michigan's kicking game is not yet solidified. Could that be, you know, it's, I just think it's going to be very fascinating to watch as a objective outsider who leaves, who are the schools that come after them, things of that nature. And again, every time it happens, I don't even know that you have to do it under your breath. You can just openly aloud, say, you know, like, F you Mel Tucker, right? I mean, like, you put us in this mess, and now here you are. You've been terminated, and uh, are we waiting for I mean, earlier in the week, he dropped, like, a 25-page missive. Uh, are we waiting for another one to come and another one to come? And it, it, it's, look, let me, look can, I, can I ask you this question about Mel Tucker real sure. quick? Do you just want, at this point, do you just want Michigan State like it's 70 million dollars they owe them? Do you want them to go and say, "Here's 30 million, go away so we can move on?" Or do you would you rather have them fight? They're going to settle
1: at the end of the day. I mean, what I want and what they're going to do are two different things. I I want them to just go away. Like, I mean, this is this is I mean, how much money is too much money? You know, this is this is where you get to like that greedy petty level of Look, if if I had a job and I was making millions of dollars and I made an egregious mistake, And I was like, well, you still owe me all this money. And they're like, no, you, you, you clearly broke the terms of your contract, but I still want this money. They're going to be like, piss off. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at with Mel Tucker. You made how much money, like $10 million from the beginning of this whole thing to, to where it got to when you got fired. And you could have been suspended without pay back then. If, if the process would have been a little bit different, like, you got enough money, dude. Like, go away. That's how I'm, I am I really yeah. feel. Like, like, you came here. You ruined this. You ruined your chance. Go away. Like, you already got a ton of money. Go away. But at the end of the day, I, what I think will happen is rumors that I've been hearing and things that I've been swirling around. It's somewhere around $10 million. Okay. They're, they're going to just say, hey, just go away. Yeah. Here's 10 million bucks.
0: Like, you know. And here's. I think a little bit Mel Tucker's trying to repair his reputation, but his reputation is just destroyed. Like, he's got no chance. But what I'll tell Mel Tucker, if I'm going to give you some friendly counsel out there, Mel, is, like, guys get redeemed across football. And if you're good at your job, and I, I don't I don't really know if he was good at his job or not, but Hugh Freeze gets redeemed. Yeah, like right, Hugh Freeze went out and apologized and accepted
1: responsibility for his actions. And Mel might do that at some point. He very well could, but yeah, there's but- a lot... <laughs> You can't, you can't, you can't sit there and just like go back and say, this is unfair. This is unfair. This is unfair. I didn't do it that way. And then the fourth time you go, okay, yeah, I did it. I'm sorry. Like you got a young kid. Yeah. How many times, how many times he said, no, no, no. And then he apologizes and then he's like, oh, well, I probably should just apologize the first time. Like, well, this... we're, we're all married. We're, we're married. We know that one. Well, yeah, of course. Uh, but, but he's a, he's a grown man. Yeah. Like. Look, get out of here. Take your sorry coaching staff with you. Apologies to these kids. My gosh. Like, yeah. that's where it's
0: at. So he I, has not offered an apology. He's not offered an apology to the kids yet. Right. I mean, like to the as players. far as as far as we know, I because mean, that would be, you know, to your point, like take the 10 minutes and run. And then literally, as you're exiting, say, I am I feel deeply, you know, sorry to my team for what i put them through but i don't think that's ever gonna
1: happen no and quite frankly i don't care if it does like at this point these kids got to be feel absolutely betrayed by this guy their families have to feel just like you know what just happened to what we thought was going to be something that we were building upon now that being said we've got iowa we got to go on the road I'm gonna put a prediction out there. Yeah, I love mind. it. I don't mind if you put the I, fan hat on. I'm gonna put the fan hat on here. Honestly, I think Iowa wins the game, but I think okay. it's a lot closer than than we imagine. I just honestly, I, I'm gonna say it. I think it's gonna be like a fifteen to nine game. It's gonna okay. be like somebody whoever
0: scores a touchdown will win. Have the bourbon ready. Yeah, basically. <laughs> to watch the game. Yeah. Or whatever your beverage of choices. Yeah. Have it ready to go here. So it's uh, You know what? I am gonna I am going to pick the Spartans to win. Wow. I am going to channel give my father-in-law something to look forward to. Okay. I'm going to give them a on the on the backs of the kicker who Michigan wants to steal. Um I'm going to give them nine points from the kicker, one touchdown, so 16 points and they hold Iowa to 10. So a 16 to 10 victory in Iowa City and then in the Michigan game, 17-point spread, I think that they do cover. I I I think they're going to shut down this quarterback and have an explosive game offensively I'll I'll take you know, I'll take Michigan uh, 38 to let's go 38 to 14 so they win by 24
1: all right I, I like that I think Michigan finally puts it all together I think this is the week because Nebraska is so limited in what they can do offensively Michigan is going to be able to slow them down I do think Nebraska squeaks out 10 points but I think Michigan I think Michigan puts up like I'm going to say 35. Okay. 35-10 is, is my. 35-10, to 10 and they cover.
0: All right, Justin, we'll see what takes place this weekend. I do want to mention uh, this really cool opportunity for, if you would like to contribute as a Michigan or a Michigan State fan, um, I have done some work with the Ronald McDonald House of Ann Arbor, and there's a Ronald McDonald House uh, of mid-Michigan um, near the Lansing area. Uh, in which uh, they, they provide an incredible service. Uh, so families that, if, if there's a child that is being treated at the local hospital um, and they don't have the means to, to get a hotel room, the Ronald McDonald House um, hosts the entire family, uh, parents, kids. Uh, they cook them dinner um, every night. There's dinner available. Uh, it, it's essentially like being in a hotel suite. Um, And having access to all that, and it's usually the the one in Ann Arbor is right across the street from the Children's Hospital. Um, Capnick Insurance, the group that I work with, we have cooked these dinners before, which is an opportunity for you. um, For anybody could do it, you could do it as a as you and your family. You could do it with like the corporation, the the business you work for. Um, But right now, there's something called Battle for the House is going on. It's inspired by uh, T.J. Ducket, Todd Ducket. His family stayed at the Ronald McDonald House of Ann Arbor when their son was hospitalized, Uh, and then Mike Martin from the Michigan side is partnering up with uh, Todd Duckett uh, to to raise funds, to raise awareness for the Ronald McDonald House during uh, these next couple of weeks leading up to the Michigan-Michigan State game on October 21st. You can get a cool T-shirt, either a maize and blue one or a green and white one. Um, You can post about it on social media. Uh, There is volunteer opportunities, um, baking buddies, blanket making, yard cleanup, all these different things. There's also a pregame social event um, and a pregame press conference with former Michigan State and Michigan football players on Thursday, October 19th at 6 p.m. at the Varsity Club inside Spartan Stadium. Uh, or you can join the Ron McDonald House Game Day tailgate as a VIP on Saturday, October 21st at 4 p.m. at Michigan State. Uh, you can go to battleforthehouses.com to learn much more information and figure out how to donate. So, I uh, want to give uh, you guys an awesome opportunity to do that. We've got some fun giveaways coming in the month of October. You've obviously got to do your part, but we will be able to give away uh, some really cool things. So look for those on future podcasts. You can check out uh, Justin Rose at J Rose Detroit, uh, or J Rose D-E-T, and Michael Spath I-T-H on Twitter. This was I love you, man, but you're an idiot. Michigan, Michigan State podcast. Have a great weekend.